Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service. Anybody believe in God uh, for a baby in, in 2020? Maybe you're pregnant or you're just believing God to get pregnant. Just wave at me and say, man, that's, that's me. I'm believing God. I feel in my spirit real strong that there is a shift happening uh, and God is about to release uh, fertility. Uh, so if you're, if you're believing God for a baby, I want you to just lift your hand, especially you husbands and wives. If you're not married, wait on that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but if that's you and you say, man, I'm believing God, maybe it's been a challenge. There's a lot of people that go to our church that, that, that for years they uh, hadn't been able to get pregnant and they tried and then God just moved and they were able to get pregnant. There's some people here with uh, more than one baby now, you know. So they got a little more than they asked for. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but if that's you, just lift your hand real tall. You say, man, I'm believing God for a good delivery. Uh, maybe you're already pregnant or maybe you're just believing God for fertility. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak life into these bodies. I speak life into this situation. Let the desires of our heart come to pass, Lord God. Let, let fertility be the standard in the homes that are looking to have children. I thank you, Lord God, for that great blessing of children. Your Bible says that kids are like uh, arrows in the hand of an archer. I thank you, Lord God, for children. They're an inheritance from you. I thank you, Lord God, for blessed wombs and blessed households and easy deliveries in the name of Jesus. And I just speak life into that situation in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. amen. Let's give God one more hand of praise. You can be seated. Open your Bible to Numbers chapter 13, Numbers chapter 13. I'm going to preach this morning a little bit on a crossing over because we're coming into this new season and we're coming into a new decade and there's a crossing over that takes place and what you experience is going to be directly proportional to what you believe. You can believe what God says and you will see what God said, or you can believe what you see and you will have what you see. The Bible says that we do not live by sight, but we live by faith. So for you and for me, we have to understand oftentimes the, uh, oftentimes the opposite of faith is not doubt. Sometimes it is. But sometimes the opposite of faith is sight. You may have a doctor's report. That report might even be accurate. And you can see the report. They can show you the, the, the count on your blood or whatever it is. And that's something you can see. And you have to make a choice in that moment. Am I going to believe what God said? Am I going to believe that I'm healed by the stripes on Jesus' back? Am I going to believe I'm blessed in my coming in and my going out? Am I going to believe that healing is the children's bread? Am I going to believe he's the God that healeth thee? Uh, what am I going to believe? Because you see something, but God says something else. I think that probably boils it down as, as close to what I really want to tell you today. What do you do when you see something, but God said something else? What do you do when the prodigal son or the prodigal daughter hasn't just run home like the story says? What do you do when the report hasn't changed? 
What do you do when everything looks contrary to what God said? Well, the Bible says that the Israelites were in captivity for 400 years, give or take, to the Egyptians. And the Bible says that God used a man named Moses to help deliver them. And God brought many plagues to Egypt uh, that convinced the Pharaoh to let the Israelites go. Matter of fact, there's a kid's song we used to sing when I was a kid. And it said, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, oh baby, let my people go. Yeah, nah, 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 nah. (laughs) But Pharaoh, his heart was hard. And one day, uh, the Bible says that God told Moses, I want you to go tell all the Israelites to get a spotless lamb. And you need to kill the spotless lamb and take the blood of that lamb and put it on the head of the door and put it on both side posts that hold the door up. And the Bible says that what will happen is, is death, the angel of death is going to come over Egypt that night. And everywhere that the angel looks, he's not going to be looking saying, well, this person did more right than wrong, so I'm not going to kill you. This person did more wrong than right, so I'm going to kill you. He was looking for one thing and one thing only, the blood of the lamb. And the Bible says when he saw the blood of the lamb, that he would pass over the house and nobody in the house would die. Now that's good news for you because the Bible says you and your whole house will be saved. So the scripture says that the angel would pass over. Now this is where our Jewish brothers and sisters, this is why they still today celebrate the Passover. They celebrate death passing over the Israelites while they were still in captivity to Egypt. Now everybody didn't die that night, but the firstborn of every household that did not have the blood of the lamb marking the home, the firstborn died. Now, this is important to understand because the first belongs to God, just like how God did not accept Cain's sacrifice, but he accepts Abel's sacrifice because he brought the first of his flock. The first of everything belongs to God. So when we give it back to him, we are literally returning unto him what belongs to him. That's why it was totally lawful for God to send his only begotten son onto planet earth to live a sinless life, not to have his life taken, but to willingly lay his life down in order to ransom you and from you and me because he was willing to sow first. Come on, somebody. Then he was able to reap. So the law of first goes into everything. But God said, what's happening tonight is I'm collecting what is owed and he dispatched death. Every one of us will have that moment. Every one of us will have death come and each one of us will either die or we will go up in the clouds with Jesus uh, whenever that day comes, if you're still on planet earth. But there's a difference between dying physically and dying spiritually. Each one of us, our physical body will pass away. We came from dust. We will go back to dust and we will get a new body, a spiritual body. It'll be beautiful and forever we'll be with the Lord and it's going to be a grand time. But the Bible says that that angel didn't pass over certain houses because certain houses were good. It only passed over the houses it could see the blood of the lamb. Now, the blood of the lamb was indicative of this one interesting fact. Death was owed and the blood verified that death had already been there because they had to kill the lamb. So in our life, the Bible says the wages or the payment that we're supposed to get for our sin is death. 
But the gift of God is life everlasting. Now, this was not purchased by the blood of bulls and goats. This was purchased by the sinless, spotless blood of the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. So what God was trying to show us in that Passover picture is if the blood of the Lamb is on your house, if the blood of the Lamb is on your house, it doesn't matter if death itself comes to collect, it's passing over your home. I like to apply that to pretty much every area of my life. When they say it's cold and flu season, I say it might be at your house. But the blood of the lamb is on my doorpost. At my house, it's blessed and highly favored season. They say, oh, we might come into a recession. Well, you might come into a recession at your house. But the blood of the lamb is on my doorpost. I'm coming into blessed in the city, blessed in the field season. They say, well, you know, marriage is hard and tough. Well, it might be in your house, but the blood of the lamb is on my doorpost. I'm going to love her like Christ loved the church and we're going to be one flesh and it's going to be beautiful. See, when the blood of the lamb is on your doorpost, something happens. Now, what happens, God collected that night. And all the firstborn of all the Egyptians and those that didn't have the blood of the lamb on their door, they, uh, they died. But the Bible says the next morning, all the Israelites walked out of the door. Now, I wish you had a picture of this door because you had the blood on the doorpost and then you had the blood on one side and then you had the blood on the other side. And I'm, I'm from East Texas. Sometimes I'm simple, but undoubtedly the blood from the top, if they put it on there, it probably dripped down to the bottom. So when they walked through there, the Bible's says literally that if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. He didn't say the door needed blood. It said the doorpost needed blood. You are supposed to be a bloodstained doorpost lifting up the Lord Jesus Christ so that everybody else can walk through him because he said himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So when they walked out of their home, they didn't just walk out of an Egyptian mud hut. They walked through the cross of Calvary itself into freedom showing you and me that the blood of Jesus would always be sufficient for deliverance. So the Bible says they come out of Egypt and as soon as they get out of Egypt, all of a sudden there's a big body of water called the Blue Sea. Just seeing if y'all are listening, called the Red Sea. And they get to the Red Sea and Pharaoh is pursuing them. He wants to kill them. And the Bible says that God uh, uh, is there and he's kind of watching. And Moses says, oh God, you need to move the water out of the way. And in King James, God talked back to Moses and he said, wherefore thou criest out unto me. In other words, why are you yelling at me? He said, stretch forth your hand and you tell the water to move. Now that sounds funny if you don't understand kingdom. Somebody say kingdom. Kingdom is very important to God. Jesus came to restore his kingdom here because the Bible says that God gave man dominion right here and a kingdom is a king's domain or a king's dominion. So he came to restore the whole thing. Mankind had authority here. So when, when Moses said to God, I need you to move the water out of the way, God said, why don't you move the water out of the way? Moses already gave you dominion. Let me just say this. Moses stretched out his hand and stretched forth his rod, said water get out of the way and water stacked up on both sides. And the Bible says that the Israelites walked through on dry ground. And as soon as the last Israelite got through on the other side, Moses turned right back around and he caused his water to part. The, as it, After he'd caused the water to part, he caused the water to come back on itself. And everything that was pursuing the Israelites was drowned in the water. 
This is one of the first and most beautiful pictures of baptism that we see in the Bible. So you don't get saved by being baptized. When you are saved, you are to get baptized. You get saved by the blood of the lamb. He tells you to get in the water because when you go through the water, the stuff that has been pursuing you stays in the water and you come out clean on the other side. The Bible says that Moses turned around and he told the water to crash back down and all the Egyptians and every one of them that was pursuing them died and died in the water. And what he was trying to say is this, Moses, you don't need me to tell everything that you have authority over what to do. We got a lot of Christians praying, asking God to do something and God already did it. When Jesus was on the cross, he said, it is almost finished. One of the last things on record of him saying is it is finished. He didn't say, if you'll pray for a hundred years straight, the mountain will move an inch. He said, if you'll tell the mountain to be removed and be cast into sea and not doubt in your heart, you'll have whatsoever you say. Many things in our life, we're waiting on God to do something that he already gave us the power to do. You remember when Jesus was walking on the water and Peter said, if that's you, let me walk on the water. Peter's like, Jesus like, of course you can walk on the water. Oh, Jesus walked by and cursed the fig tree and the fig tree withered up. And everybody said, wow, Jesus, that fig tree withered up. And Jesus is like, you could have said the same thing. These things and greater shall We got people telling God how big their problems are instead of telling their problems how big their God is. I dare you to start talking to your mountains. I dare you to start telling your Red Sea to get out of the way. So the Bible says they get into the wilderness and when they got into the wilderness, they got hungry and God brought them manna. They got thirsty and God brought them water out of a rock. They wanted some protein and God brought them some quail. Stuffed a jalapeno, some cream cheese in it, wrapped it in bacon, put it on the grill. Well, wait a minute. They did not use bacon. (laughs) Every morning they got up, picked up what they needed and ate it. Years later, they would go into the promised land. When they got into the promised land, they didn't live off the manna on the ground. They lived, they lived off the seed that they put in the ground. Because God saves you. Now hear this. God saves you exactly how you are. He purchased you. But he's expecting a return on his investment. He didn't just buy you to go to heaven. He bought you to help establish his kingdom here. He bought you with his own blood to solidify who you are here. And the scripture says that when they crossed over, now they began to live off the principles that they were taught during the 40 years that they were in the wilderness. As we cross over into 2020, some of you, it's time to graduate. 
and start living off of what you know and have been taught and stop expecting somebody to drop bread by your door every morning. Only babies have to be spoon fed. And if you're still requiring to be spoon fed, you'll never get the meat. But when you get the meat, see, when I went to this steakhouse, I went to the steakhouse in Austin. It's one Crystal and I really like. And I sat down and I had some shrimp cocktail. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about big ones. Like I asked the guy, I said, what kind of shrimp is this? He said, tiger shrimp. I said, I don't see any claws. What you talking about, tiger shrimp? I said, man, it's a good shrimp. They brought out that steak. I said, is your steak prepared the way you like it? I said, it is prepared the way I like it. And I ate that big old steak. But you know what that waiter didn't do? He didn't cut up my steak. He didn't feed me bite by bite. You know why? Because that had been weird. And it's weird if you've lived for God for years and you're still having to be spoon fed. We're crossing over now into a new season. Let me tell you what that season is going to look like. The Bible says that they came up to the Jordan River and Moses like, whew, unless there it is, we're about to cross over. He said, I want one spy from every tribe to go over there and tell us what's going on in Canaan land. I want to know what they got fertile fields, not fertile fields. There are a lot of them. There are a few of them. Is there cities? What are we going to be able to see when we get there? So he sends out uh, 12 people, one from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. Verse 23, Numbers chapter 13. And they came unto the brook of Eshkel and cut down there a branch with one cluster of grapes. And they bear it between... Uh, two upon a staff. The grapes were so heavy. Now I've never been to Kroger and had this be the case. It took two men to carry the grapes on a staff or a rod between them. The Bible says uh, they brought pomegranates and they brought figs. They brought fruit. And the place was called the brook of Eshkel because of the cluster of grapes which the children of Israel cut down from there. And they returned from searching the land after 40 days. Somebody say 40. 40. Now, numbers are important in the Bible. And if you don't believe me, he has a whole book called Numbers. But we see numbers all through the Bible. And, and the number 10 is always a number of testing. And for you and for me, we have to recognize that anytime we see the number 10, it's going to be a test. But 40 is always the number of a generation. It's also the end of a thing and the beginning of a new thing. It's usually a season of cleansing and then you come into a new thing. For instance, Jesus went into the wilderness and fasted for 40 days. The Bible says that uh, when Noah finally got on the ark, God shut the door and it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. The Egyptians kept the Israelites captive for 400 years, which is an iteration of 40. Uh, the Bible says that the Israelites wandered around in the wilderness for 40 years. 40 is almost always a number uh, of testing. So the spy of testing and, and cleansing and a new thing. So the spies were gone for 40 days. 
How many of you know, if somebody that you love has gone for 40 days and you don't have a cell phone, you might start to worry a little bit. So they're over in enemy territory for 40 days and they come back carrying this big thing of grapes that nobody else can carry. And, and when they get there, they said, man, this place is so amazing. The Bible even says, not only do they have great fruit there, uh, but literally they later go on to say that the land is flowing with milk and honey. It's a place of great prosperity. Now here's the thing. 40 is always a new season and a new thing. You're coming into 2020 now. 20 and 20 together makes 40. This is a new thing happening. We're coming into a completely different season. And some of you have been living in the wilderness side of Christianity. Waking up every morning and somebody else delivered your food. But now you're coming into a new season. Where you're not just going to begin to feed yourself, you're also going to start feeding others. Come on, somebody. Let's give God a big hand of praise right there. So they were there 40 days, verse 26. And they went and came to Moses and Aaron, to the congregation of the children of Israel, under the wilderness of, of Paran and Kadesh, and brought back word unto them, unto the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told them, we came into the land where you sent us. And surely it flows with milk and honey. Somebody say milk and honey. Nevertheless, the people are strong that dwell in the land. And the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, in other words, and furthermore, they're the children of Anak. And the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the termites. Come on, somebody. And the Amorites dwell in the mountains and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. All right. So God said, you can have this land. He says, go look at it. They come back carrying fruit that it takes multiple people to carry. And instantaneously, they began to look at the challenge instead of the promise. When you get into 2020, you're going to have plenty of opportunities to stare at the adversary instead of what God has said. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What you believe is what you will receive. If you're ready to level up and you're ready to start seeing God move at a higher level in your life. And hey, maybe you're saying, I'm the, I'm, I'm, I'm flowing further than anybody in my family, anybody on my block. I'm telling you, Gabriel visits me twice a week. I, me and God are like this. I'm still here to tell you there's another level for you. If you're saying, I, I don't even know how to spell God. I'm just new to this thing. All I know is he set me free. I'm telling you, there's another level for you. But you can't be shocked when the enemy comes in to steal the word. God said you can have it. It doesn't matter how big the giants are. God says it's yours. It doesn't matter how big the walls are of the city. God said you're going to have a baby. You're going to have a baby. 
If God said he's going to save your whole family, your whole family, including the rascals, are going to get saved. And if you say, well, I don't know which ones are the rascals. You're the rascal. When God says it, that settles it. It's the opportunity of a lifetime to stand on the word. There was 11 spies that are all complaining, but here comes Caleb, verse 30, and he stilled the people. All the other 11 were saying, oh, there's giants. They're humongous. They live by the sea. They live in the mountains. Their walls, city, their, their, the walls of their city are humongous. And Caleb stilled the people. He said, shut your mouth. He said, he said, Moses said, listen up. He said, let's go at once and possess it. Then he says this, we are well able to overcome it. Did you know your faith is voice activated? God said, let there be light one time and light has never stopped expanding. When you say it, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Controversial or, or, or on the other side of it, doubt comes by hearing what is contrary to the word of God. So if you're around a bunch of people complaining about the giants, let me just tell you something. You need to find you some different people to go to war with. Oh, you can still work with them. You can still hang out. You can still whatever. But don't you be going to war with people that are enamored with the size of the giants. You go to war with people that are talking about the fruit that God promised us. You go to war because here, let me tell you something. At New Heights Church, we kind of like a fight. Some of y'all got weird when I said that. Some of y'all got excited. Y'all thought it was like, what is it, like a UFC church? No, 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 no. Not flesh and blood. But if God said it, that settles it. What happens if we got to fight? Then we'll fight. Well, what happens if we're fighting through lunch? Then we'll eat a sandwich and we'll get back to it. Well, what happens if in the the valley of the shadow of death? Well, I'm not going to be afraid while I'm there. Why not? God's with me there too. What if I'm going through hell? My God, don't stop. Well, I'm going through the valley of despair and the sun's going down. Well, you can pitch a tent, but don't build a house. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I don't go in the valley of the shadow of death to stay, but I might have to walk through it. Why? Because God might want to sick me on a giant. Sick you on a giant? What are you talking about? You're not, you're not even hardly that impressive. I am that impressive. Look at this. Don't let this hoodie fool you. I got some resources in the natural and some equity in the spirit. When we go to war, we go to war and we don't go to, we don't go to, 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 to think about winning. We go to, to validate the fact that he said we already had the victory. So the scripture says that, that all the 11 came back and they're like, oh, they're so big. We got all the ites and they're just huge. And the mountains are in the river. They're everywhere. They got these big cities. And Caleb said, are y'all nuts? God said we can have it. Look at these grapes. Look at these pomegranates. Look at these figs. No, 2020 is going to be a year when you're going to have to focus on what God promised and not on the problems that keep popping up. Let me just say this. Stop being shocked that the devil is the devil. 
stop being shocked that he doesn't just turn over and let you have everything that God promised you. Stop being shocked. No, the reason you're a threat to him is because the moment you get a revelation of the kingdom of God, you threatened everything that he stands for. That's why he doesn't want you to be blessed. That's why he doesn't want you to be healed. That's why he's trying to fight your family so bad. Of course he's fighting your children. Your children are blessed coming in and blessed going out. If I was the devil, I'd fight them too. Of course he's fighting you. Of course he's trying to stop you. Stop being shocked about it. 2020 is going to be a year of absolute vision where you see the hand of the enemy the moment he walks up. And when you see him, now you can deal with him. Because when he sneaks in unawares, that's when there's a real problem. But 2020 is going to bring some clarity in your life. 2020 is going to be, it's generally speaking, it's the, it's the uh, uh, denotation of when somebody has good vision. 2020 is going to be a year where you get some clarity. Come on, watch, I'm going to show you all a secret. I don't have a phone. Give me a phone, Jake. I'm going to show you all a secret. Watch this. Delete. Some of y'all are going to delete some people out of your phone and you're going to get set free. Well, I just, I don't know. I just, I like being around them. And uh, Well, if you want to lose your destiny, the giants are so big. You're going to have to get comfortable standing out. God did not put a coat of many colors on Joseph because he wanted him to blend in. God did not have Jesus anointed with all that beautiful oil because he wanted him to smell like everybody else. 2020 is going to be a year of great choices. And there's going to be a lot of people that are outlandishly blessed because of it. You're going to see God move. I hope not anybody hearing me now, but some people are going to get to December 2020 and you'll look just the same. Same garbage attitude, same garbage mentality, still tolerating racist jokes, still tolerating people that, that are, are contrary to the things of God. I don't mean tolerating from a standpoint of like, I mean, you're going to have them in your life and they're just going to be constantly chipping away at your faith. And it'll be just the same. But there's some Caleb's in this room right now. They're saying, where's the grapes? And God's saying on the other side of the giant. And you say, cool. We'll just go through the giant then. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you. Ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. That is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.